I made a comment the other day, sort of just an offhand comment. Um, it was something that my coach said, my CrossFit coach, in defense of, of the female body. And I was just talking about something a friend of mine said about the gym. Someone said, well, if you can't do that, you're a P word. And I look, I am, I think, very respectful in how I speak with women. I said, for, and forgive my language, but he said this. And my coach said something about the P word. And then I got to thinking about this. And the thought evolved into, we need to do a far better job of doing something with our kids in relation to talking about the human body, because man, is it under attack. So I'll expand on what she said and, and quote her precisely with her permission, by the way, quote her precisely. But there is a reason that I feel like this is the show I need to do today, because if we don't do this, huh, the bodily gifts that the Lord has given us, man, they're going to get stolen. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, homophobic and transphobic ideas from parents can absolutely be a problem. Inescapable judgment. Yeah, bigoted, misinformed parents who have no idea how to talk about gay sex. They're biased. If they are religious, it can be very difficult to get into the conversation with them. Yeah, sometimes you can get stonewalled out of information. Brought to you by Pfizer. Imagine that an adult male uh, wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant. A, a very standard, very widely held view that there's something deeply wrong about this. And it's wrong independent of it being criminalized. It's not obvious to me that it is in fact wrong. I think this is a mistake. And I think that exploring why it's a mistake will tell us not only things about adult child sex and statutory rape, but also about fundamental principles of morality. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. This is propaganda. Yep. This is misinformation. This is the way in which wars start. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Soda Weight Loss, SodaWeightLoss.com helps us shed unwanted fat from our bodies, not because unwanted fat is a dirty thing, but because the body is a temple, we do get to honor it, and also because we live a longer life with an opportunity to serve God on this earth a much longer time if we drop this unwanted fat. Plus, you can dance to earth, wind, and fire, baby. Come on now. Lots of reasons to do that. So to weightloss.com. Man, in, in comparison to that little montage I just played, just think of these words 
in comparison with what I, I just played or, or could continue to play and will continue to play because we have got to begin to bless our daughters and we've got to begin to show our sons because the bodies that God gave them are being turned into weapons against them. And no, it's, it's, this is really not a Pfizer and Fauci thing. This is much, much more about the word of God and much, much more about this effort that is underway to divorce kids from their bodies, that their bodies are not themselves. And it's true that we have a soul and we have a body. And it's also true that God knitted those together while we're here. And in fact, biblically speaking, we'll have glorified bodies. Our bodies don't, we don't, they change. The Lord changes them, but we'll have bodies in heaven. Bodies that don't hurt, bodies that aren't weary, bodies that don't get sick, bodies that don't have fleshly desire, but we'll have bodies. And the hatred that is poured out on the human form, and and right now, particularly the female form, is either hatred or it is obsession. It is pure sexualization and of the most violent and filthy kind. And that is the juxtaposition faced by young women, young girls. Um, uh, My daughter once said that one of the dynamics for young girls is you can be a jock, a whore, or a nobody. Well, that's a heck of a choice, isn't it? So in comparison to that, listen to Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And there he speaks of Jeremiah, but in the earlier two lines, that's a universal statement because it said time and again in the Bible about people. The God of the universe before we were, before we were formed in the womb knew us. That should be a remarkable thing. It's a beautiful thing. And when God, because God is timeless, there is no, I'm going to for God. God doesn't have a checklist of things. Let's see, what was I going to do today? Because there is no today. When God declares a thing, it has been done because God is eternal. Always has been, always will be, lives outside the confines of time. So when God says that there will be a Jeremiah, there is. So forever, there has never been a time when you didn't exist. Now, your fleshly presence, there was a time and a place for that. God appointed it. This is the day in which God has decided we will live, the times in which he decided we will live. So he decided that, but he knew you and he knew your kids forever. He's always known you from the very beginning of time. Because when God declares a thing, it has been done. And from Isaiah 49, verse 5, and now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has been my strength. And again, that's Isaiah now saying, I was, the Lord formed me in the womb. Psalm 139, verse 15, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I once had a a conversation 
with um, a young family member. We were visiting and I'm kind of the fun uncle or I was now the kids are teens and early twenties. And so I'm the boring old man. And one day maybe I'll be the, Hey, remember when you were the fun uncle? And yet I was up early and we were at the lake place and I could tell that this, um, I'll say cousin was upset and we were sitting around in the front room and her parents were asleep. And she finally said to me, what would you think? Can I, she said, can I ask you a stupid, embarrassing question? And I said, sure. And she said, okay, this is super, super embarrassing. And you have to promise you won't tell my parents. And I said, no, no, no deal. I cannot, I cannot promise to keep things from your parents. No deal. Now, if it's not, if you're not in danger, you're not in physical harm or you're not thinking of hurting yourself or something like that. No, I, I, I need to tell him, but I can't make a blanket promise until I know. And she said to me, okay, would you side with me if I told my parents I wanted a breast reduction surgery? And I sat there for a moment and I said, she goes, I know, I know, I know. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross. I know it's gross. And I said, wait a minute. Uh, not to embarrass you, but I changed your diapers a lot. And you came to my house and spent the night <laughs> with my daughter. And I changed both of your diapers. Okay. There's not a part of your body that's gross. Okay. Um, to answer your question, why would you want to cut part of yourself? Because I need to know that first. She says, can you relate to what it's like to have foreign objects living on you? I said, you feel like your breasts are foreign objects. Yes. And thank God for wisdom. I said, man, that would really be uncomfortable. That would really be uncomfortable. Is this a decision you need to make today? No. Have you brought it up with your parents? Yeah. They said I should wait. I think they really love you. I think there's a lot of wisdom in waiting. She waited. She didn't do it. Others have. It was a moment of teen angst. And I wish I had been better armed. I, I, I wish I had been able to say to her, Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When it was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's the longer version of what we read earlier. I wish I'd been armed to say that and to say, when God formed you and when he created you, he stepped back and said, it is good. And he knew you and he knew about this day. 
And he knew that you'd ask me this question. And I am so honored that he chose me to sit here with you. I am so honored that he chose your uncle to sit here and chat with you about this. Because as your uncle, I've been given the job of helping to steward you into adulthood. And it's a, it's a, it's a job responsibility I take super seriously. Plus, you're cool. And you're, you're one of my favorite cousins and you're cool. But I didn't arm myself with the word of God. My coach said to me when I was telling her this story about a guy I want to have a workout with. I've never beat him in a workout. I don't think I ever will. He is unbelievably genetically gifted and he's a hard worker and he's as mentally tough a human being as you'd ever be either lucky to have or unlucky to meet, if, depending on the situation. And I told her, I told my coach, who's a female, I told her about what he said about this work. He wasn't being mean to me, by the way. He was just talking. But I said, forgive my language. He said, if you can't do this, and I'm asking you to forgive my language, I'm going to use a word here I don't go around using. And I said, he said, oh, yeah, if you can't do that, you're a pussy. And my coach said, you know what? You know what? I hate it when people do that. I said, what? She goes, do you use that word that way. She goes, you know what that, that body part is capable of? No, no. She goes, no, listen to me. She, and she's smiling. It's not a lecture. She's smiling. She goes, that body part's one of the strongest body parts in the world. It can give birth to a child. And I mean, that's stretching. And then it can come back to form. I mean, it's an amazing body part and it doesn't make any sense to, to have it be synonymous with weakness. It's the opposite. It's, it's one of the strongest body parts that exists. She says, it's just funny to me. They'd be far better off saying the other word, the D word. I mean, that's, you want weak. And then I got to thinking about this and this is why I texted her the other day and said, hey, could I expand on that thought? actually said, hey, could I, because I never really said, is my CrossFit coach who said this. So I'm saying now is my CrossFit coach who said this. And I think about that conversation with my family member. And I think about all the things that are being said about our family members' bodies and about our children's bodies in, in this godless world. And the lies that are going into kids' minds in this godless world. I think about this fake woman in a fake Navy outfit who did the very opposite of doctoring or very opposite of providing healthcare, even public health during the, um, the supposed pandemic, which wasn't. Um, Mr. Rachel Levin put his, didn't put his parents in a nursing home with COVID positive patients. Uh, Mr. Rachel Levin did that to other people's parents. Mr. Rachel Levin lied openly about people catching the COVID flu in restaurants and bars. This is a matter of public record. 
Mr. Rachel Levin gets to wear a fake Navy uniform because Mr. Rachel Levin is the assistant secretary of health. And notice that it's Mr. Rachel Levin who gets all the camera time because Mr. Dr. Rachel Levin is a man who believes that you, you, you think he's a woman. And this man is making a pledge here. And you can say it doesn't affect your kid and you're wrong. And you can see it doesn't affect your grandkid and you're wrong. And I'll explain that. But we really want to 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 debase our treatment and uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth not to limit their participation in activities and sports and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. That's a pledge that that man with a great deal of power is making. And you can say that it doesn't affect your kids. And yet, what is the subtext to this? The subtext to this is if you are ever uncomfortable with the body the Lord gave you, get it sliced up. That medical so-called science is greater than God Almighty. That there's something really, really artificial about womanhood. And this goes to the words of my coach. So Rachel Levin gets to pretend to be a woman. Rachel Levin, who can never give birth, never has, never will, who can never nurse a child, never has, never will. I shouldn't say never will because in China, they are working on putting pig wombs into men like Rachel Levin so he can live out the fantasy of being pregnant in a, with a pig womb. Nothing good can come from that, obviously. But he'll never give birth in any natural way. He will never pass on his earned immunity to his child in the form of T-cells. There will never be that magical moment. And this is the things that we need to talk with our kids about. This is the thing that we need to talk with our, our kids about, particularly if you're a mother with your children. And that is, did you know that there was a magical moment when you were in my womb? And let's not say belly. Let's say God gave me a womb. It's a magical organ. It's designed perfectly to hold you. It held you like this. You know how you felt so good in my arms when I held you in my arms? And, you know, we swaddle babies. You're swaddled in my womb. You're protected. But you can hear sounds and, and you can even see lights a little bit. And, and there's a magical moment. And do you know why? Do you know why you were, do you know why you came out? You know why birth started? And your kid would say, no, why? Because you told me it was time. See, God let you decide. Let your body decide. In your brain, there was a hormone. This is like a, a substance that came out of your brain and it traveled through the umbilical cord into my brain. And you know what it said? It said, time to come out. Time to wake up. It's morning time. And it told my body to start the birthing process. That's the beauty of this body God gave me. The womb and the ovaries. And then... During that birthing part, and I know this makes us uncomfortable, but 
um, my vagina was able to stretch the fit for you to come out. And that sounds weird, doesn't it? God made that all happen with our bodies. And I haven't told you about, you know, you know how babies are made. And I promise I won't get into detail. I know that that's just, I know that is embarrassing, but there's one other thing I need you to know about the miracle that God created when he created this process, because I couldn't have done this without your daddy. You wouldn't be you without your dad. Without the special code that your dad provided, you wouldn't be you and your brother wouldn't be him. But there's something I need you to know, honey, about that process. I don't think I've ever told you. Remember in the Bible where it says, let there be light? Let me tell you about that in a second. One of the um, most enduring partnerships of this program is with a guy named Dave Parkhurst. And Dave is a, I don't want to say small business because I don't think Green Haven Interactive is, is actually a small business. I think it's a business that, that Dave chooses to keep to one size. And that is so that he can personally help manage all the projects. Okay, Green Haven Interactive is just that. It's an interactive firm. And there's something that Dave's been asking me to talk with you about because it's super, super easy. This is one of those cases where you can decide in the next, uh, let's do it this way. In the next 45 seconds, do you need Greenhaven Interactive? Okay. Do you run an organization or a business and do you appear in search? Okay. Does Google search bring people to your business? Go test yourself. Look up your name of your organization and are you in the top five search returns? Do the same thing on maps, Google maps. If you're in the top five search returns, that's pretty good. Pay attention. Don't get out of the top five. If you're not in the top five, you need to do something. You could pay Google money or you could pay my friend Dave Parkhurst at Greenhaven Interactive, 45 seconds. So you can do that test right now. And if you do need help with Google, then you get in touch with, with Dave at Greenhaven Interactive, who's been doing this for years. He solved our Google problem in a matter of weeks. And it was pretty big deal because, you know, I'd been a talk show host for a decade. There was a lot of Google juice, we call it, built up around my name at the website of the former radio station that are where I was honored to work for almost a decade. Dave solved that. Super easy to get in touch with him. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. It happens as well that Dave is a conservative Christian in an industry otherwise dominated by atheists and non-Christian atheists. Not that they can't be great tech people, but hey, Dave stewards his business like he stewarded his kids with honesty. It's greenhaveninteractive.com. We need to be able to share with our sons and our daughters. We need to be able to bless our daughters with love for their bodies by understanding they were crafted in the womb um, long before we, 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 we became conscious. Because if we don't do that, there are people willing to tell them lies. We have a, a pretty robust indoctrination plan uh, ready to go, enculturation plan for this ready to go as we move into the new school year. 
And there are people like this man who has been surgically and chemically altered who will say things like this. By the way, he's a surgeon. He knows he's lying. All a penis is is just a large clitoris. I mean, let's, we're all, it's all the same material. Absolutely. It really is. Absolute lie. And he knows that. And by the way, he alters kids and admits the fact that they'll never have orgasms, never have sexual satisfaction. He admits that, but he still does it for money. So to go back to this scenario, I was imagining being a mother talking with a daughter to pass on the magic of the majesty of the things that God has done with our bodies. This before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. For you were created, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And so I return to that scenario of, of talking with the child and saying, do you remember in Genesis where it says, let there be light? Remember that? You wouldn't be you without your dad. We can't have human beings without man and woman. Because it takes man and woman coming together to create a human being, just like it takes a boy dog and a girl dog to create more dogs. And honey, in your lifetime, there's going to be people who say, we do this in a lab. No, they don't. What they do is they take God's creation and they rearrange it a little bit. And then they do this in a way without love, with machines. But it's not God's way. When your dad and I were making you, your dad gave material I gave material, sorry for the language. And when those materials came together, we've talked about this when we do our science class, the sperm and the egg, you know what happens when they come together? There's a burst of light. It's just like Genesis, let there be light. God said, let there be light. Someone told me once a better translation for that is light be. I like that. I like the notion of God saying light be, and it is. And we share with our kids the story of Genesis of God making man from woman, not because woman isn't valuable. Woman is in fact so valuable that when man and woman come together in marriage, it is a rejoining it is a coming together of one flesh. It is a reunion. This is one of the reasons it feels so good. It is a reunion. That's a union that can only happen between man and woman. There's no doubt that people can engage in all sorts of sexual activity that feels physically good. Let's not lie. Of course that's true. There's a lot of foods that you can eat that make you feel good and they're not great for you. And they don't provide nutritional sustenance. There is one form of sexuality that provides the opportunity to allow God to make life through you, including that moment of light be. I wish I'd been armed this way. 
when it was that early morning at the lake cabin and my family member had come to me wanting her breasts reduced. If we don't do this, other people will. This is a church. This is a, this is a prayer at a church. If we don't inform our kids of the truth of the biblical view of the world, and, and it can never be in a hating sense. If you're commuting, communicating hatred, um, the news I have for you is you're not communicating the word of God. God has hated things. God has hated happenings. And in very isolated cases, a rough translation is God hated one brother and loved another. Another way to look at that is probably a better faithful translation is God favored a brother. And yet God tells us to avoid favoritism. He tells human leaders, don't do it. This is a... A woman named Anna Sheets. She's the director of Christian education at First Presbyterian Church of Iowa City. Here she is giving a sermon. This past Thursday, March 31st, was the International Transgender Day of Visibility. In the PCUSA, we welcome all of our transgender and queer siblings into this family and relationship with the Creator God. So today, I wish to pray a prayer that was written for this incredible day. Will you pray with me? O God of pronouns, we give praise to the Great One, the One who is identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say the great they, the incarnate he and she, the God of trans being, impregnating Mary, fathering God, breastfeeding God of many breasts, you you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female, male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image, exactly in your image. Spectrum, rainbow God, who put your promise for nonviolence in the symbol for queer love before humanity knew, because you knew. Who had Joseph, who could not sleep with a woman in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors, before we knew, you knew. God of pronouns who said, you can call me he or she or they, whatever makes you feel closest to me. Invisible and visible God, on this day, where visibility and celebration, belatedness, affirmation and acceptance is the bare minimum. We'll take it piece by piece because the fact is, um, if we don't do this, other people will. The fact is, there are so-called churches like that that are literally teaching doctrine upside down. But because of the theft of the biblical view from people, they're impotent to stop it because they can't identify the fraud. So just as, it's not as easy, 
because uh, you know, Greenhaven Interactive, that test is pretty easy. Uh, do you need Dave the Digital? Um, this one is an emotional test. It's one way to do it. You could do it mathematically. Um, hey, are you five to 10 years from retirement? When was the last time you had a, a, a review of your portfolio focused on risk management? Probably never. And if that's the case and you have retirement monies, you need to get with Bulwark Capital Management and have a portfolio review. This is another way to do it. If I walked up to you and met you for the first time and, and let's say we're at a listener event or, or, or somewhere and, and we get to talking and you say, hey, Todd, you know, I enjoy the podcast. Thanks for what you do. And I say, hey, are you ready to retire? <laughs> first of all, you go, you're a freak. But secondly, you might get in your, in your belly a, yeah, I'm so solid. I'm good. Got it all worked out, all risk managemented up. But you might get this fear in your gut. Or this is another way to look at it. In the past year, how many times have you woken up at night, like we old people do, 2.30, 3.30? I don't know what your time is. My time is 3.30. Um, and then you have, sometimes you have trouble going back to sleep. You ever wake up and sit there and your mind goes to finances? Does that happen? Answer the question for yourself. Are you going to be ready to retire? Now, that could seem really scary, but what if there's good news? There were a bunch of people who did not want to take the ridiculous mRNA trash injections. Um, and they worked for some big companies and they called Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. And they said, man, can we do our early retirement program here? And they didn't think they could. Most of them were calling to say, how, I mean, do I, is it any way possible I could do it in the next couple of years? There were a bunch of them. I think it was like seven out of 10 that Zach was able to look at their portfolios and say, you know what? You're solid. You could do this now. You should do this now. If this is what you want, you're done working. Or you want to go to work somewhere else. A lot of times this turns into great news. You might be better off than you think you are. My friend, Zach, my brother is a very, very honest man. And one of the things I love about him is he said last week, yes, we think that we're good at this. And we don't think people should put 100% of their money with us because what if we have a down year? Who says that? It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So this stuff is going out into the world and there are churches like this and, and people have, we have in us um, a desire to know God. We have in us a desire to, to be present with God. And there are people hopping up and down, happy to lie about what God says. There are surgeons who lie. This man has been chemically and surgically altered, still does it to young people, but... The second is, um, was an observation that I had that every single child who was, or adolescent who was truly blocked at Tanner stage two is, has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's, it's really about zero. These are the, of course, these are just assigned male at birth. So trans feminine, and it's because they never in their lives are exposed to testosterone. Uh, that doesn't change. That doesn't change. So blockers prevent the rise of testosterone and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so we don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. When she says sensation, it's like someone touching your finger. Yeah, you know someone's touching your finger. 
the miracle of the human body, that moment, that, that light be moment is connected to those feelings, that physical celebration, that, that being of one flesh is connected to those physical feelings. It's part of the plan. It's part of the, um, the, the beauty of God's plan. Part of what we have to, in an age appropriate way to communicate to our kids, notice that the party only wants to communicate to the kids the surface level physical pleasure. There's a reason for that because you you gain, uh, um, it's like a drug. You need more and more of the same thing in order to have that because you're not getting the internal, you're not getting the spiritual portion. You're only getting the, 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 the feel-good portion. Again, it's like junk food. You know, the problem with McDonald's is I'm hungry two hours later. Yeah, that's the design. That's, that's the food chemistry. It's designed that way. So there's surgeons like that who will lie based upon the hatred of the female body or, or, and I talked about this and I didn't pay this off at the top of the show, or fetishizing the female body through porn. There's a lot of young boys who end up conning themselves into believing they're girls and because they've spent an incredible amount of time looking at the most ridiculously perverted pornography. And what happens is, and this is a theory, but it's, it's not a theory that boys who are radically porn addicted or porn, you know, obsessed, a lot of them end up gender confused or gender defiant. And one of the theories in this is that the women are the desired ones in, in those, in those, you know, perverse presentations. Women are the desired ones. They're the center of attention. They're the stars. And it seems really easy to be desired as a woman because, hey, all guys want to sleep with you, um, have sex with you. And, and so that they get this, oh, I'll be that. And then I'll be desirable. Then I will wield the sexual power or I'll be the object of fleshly desire. So they end up doing that and they then are tossing away the magic of the, of the male body. And sorry, guys, but we don't have as much magic in that way. There's other magic that we have, but not, not in that way. But it's happening to boys as well. But there is in us a need to know God. So there are in young people who will drive by a so-called church like this, and they will adopt to what is called moralistically therapeutic theism. What does that mean? It means that they want a God that says, whatever you are is okay. There's no rules. I love you no matter what you do, what you are. Just do what do you do you. I'll do God. You do you. And I'm going to bring you into eternal, um, internal happiness when you die because I'm God and I don't care. I don't care what you do because whatever you do is good because I made you that way. Such a lie if you have any grounding in biblical awareness. This past Thursday... March 31st was the International Transgender Day of Visibility. Okay, so that word means this. That word transgender is a feeling. It's an opinion. That's what that is. It was International Feeling Day. International Opinion Day. When was the last time opinion changed biology? Never happened. In the PCUSA, we welcome all of our transgender and queer siblings into this family and relationship with the creator God. Okay, so guess what? We're all welcome to have a relationship with God. Every single person listening to this is welcome. God wants a relationship with all of us and to be changed. All of us, all of us. 
The Lord Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Meaning you're not fishers of men right now, but I will make you into that. And every apostle wrote about, to some degree, being changed in Christ. Specifically, the apostle Paul, because what do you know? He went from murdering Christians to being one. So today, I wish to pray a prayer that was written for this incredible day. Okay, if a prayer that is written and presented in church contains no scripture, be very, very careful. Pray with me. Oh, God of pronouns. Okay, stop right there. There is a whole list of names that God has and honors through the Bible. He is the Lion of Judah. He's the ultimate physician. He is our banner. He is our refuge. He is not the God God of pronouns. We give praise to the Great One, the one who was identifiable as God. We really want... I, I am what I am, you say. No, I am that I am. He's not Popeye. The great I am. We knew what that meant. Am now, always have been. All you need to know is that I am. Not identifiable as God. The great they. The great they. All right. You're going to go to the trilogy. I'm probably the Trinity. Okay. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All right. I know there's listeners who don't agree with that. The Trinity. In Genesis, the Holy Spirit is there with God at the beginning. Throughout the Bible, the apostles write of the fact that Lord Jesus was with him at the beginning. The word was God and God, or the, the word was with God and the word was God. So no, it's not a they. The incarnate he and she, the God of trans being. Okay. The incarnate he and she. No, the Lord Jesus had a male body. Impregnating Mary, fathering God. Impregnating. Interesting phrase. And maybe you could say that's scientifically accurate, except for this. The impregnation process involves a sexual act. This didn't. Breastfeeding God of many breasts, you shadow, you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female. Nonsense. Making everybody but a very small portion of people who face the unbelievably difficult circumstance of being intersex, either male or female. There is no spectrum in that regard. Vicious, vicious lies. And, and, and we could continue this and, and undress the entire affair because all of it is lies. None of it contains scripture. Male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image. Okay, there is no time in which God is said to be intersex. He chose father. There are times where he shows a maternal side. There is no time where he is mother. And yet this stuff lurks and it doesn't just lurk, it's pushed. And it's not just pushed, it's official policy. And it's not just official policy, it's promises to change kids forever because a fake woman 
in a fake Navy outfit, quoting fake science, says so. so we really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. And everywhere our kids go. We have a, a pretty robust indoctrination plan uh, ready to go enculturation plan for this ready to go as we move into the new school year. They're being faced with that stuff. It's not the parent. It's not the school's job. It's not the church's job. It's our job. I was uniquely unarmed when my family member brought me that conundrum. I'm so thankful that I'm less unarmed that the, the God has chosen to to arm me a little bit better. Are you armed? When a young family member comes to you and says that, are you armed? When your kid, who might be seven or eight now, comes to you and says, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I've always known that I'm not really a boy. Are you armed? When you find out your kid is looking at choke porn, your son, are you armed? This is up to us. And it starts with, for me, going back to the majesty and the beauty and the magic. And I don't know if thought is the right word because I don't know that the Lord needs to do a lot of thinking because of who he is and what he is, always will be, always was, is now. But you compare the ugliness to the absolute beauty. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant. You saw my unformed body, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You compare those words to, well, they're not really human. And a penis is a clitoris. And if you don't like it, cut it off. God is giving us the easiest pass-fail test in history. These are the days in which God has decided we shall live. And today is the day the Lord has made. What will you do today to make sure you're armed? I want to thank my coach for that little bit of wisdom. Give me the permission to share it with you today. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's all make an effort to be armed let's all make the effort to be armed in the armor of christ the armor of light